Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from Accra with Demetria L. Lucas. So obviously I'm back in Ghana. I got back a couple days ago and I hit the ground running. I've been trying to pull my life together because I leave, go back to America in two days. I don't know what I was thinking. I pre-packed, or let me back up. I started packing up my house and started packing up my luggage before I left because I knew I had a short window from when I got back. And I thought I'd put a pretty good dent in it. But now that I'm like trying to pack up everything, I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna need an extra suitcase. Which is better to find this out on Tuesday as opposed to find this out on Thursday when I leave. So all is not bad. But I'm having way more of a, I think, an emotional reaction to packing up than I expected. I knew I didn't want to leave Ghana. I knew I wasn't quite ready to to go home. When I booked the ticket, I thought I was. And in order to do South Africa, like I'm actually going kind of later than I expected. South Africa is in summer already. So the time frame that I'll be there, the seasons are actually going to change. It's not going to stay summer, which is fine. But yeah, like I thought I was ready to leave Ghana. And then now that I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, I'm not quite ready to go just yet. I'll be back. I'm planning to come back in the fall unless I try to do this, you know, live in each quadrant of the continent kind of thing. I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. But yeah, I'm not ready to go, but I'm going. I'm having a big... uh, I shouldn't say a big, I'm having a farewell dinner tomorrow with a bunch of my friends. There's a restaurant up the street from my house and I pass it every day on my morning walk. And I always say, oh, I should go there. Oh, I should go there. Oh, I should go there. There's like 20 restaurants I've said that about in Ghana that I never made it to in the five months that I've been here. In fairness, I was bouncing around the continent. I wasn't just in a crowd full time, but still. But this one is a really cute place. And I figured the first time I go should be on my literally last night in Ghana and I'll go with all of my friends. So I'm actually really excited about that. The Middle East was amazing. I told y'all a million times before I'd only done Dubai on a layover. Everything else I know about Dubai is from maybe like seven years ago. I feel like everyone and their mom was going to Dubai. And so when I finally got there, I recognized so many of the places from people's Instagram photos. But this time I tried to do a bunch of stuff that I would not seen other people do. I really wanted to see not just, I mean, Dubai is like tourist central. So not to say I didn't want to do touristy things, but I I didn't want to do like the main touristy things. I wanted to do like other stuff. But I had a really amazing time. Me and Will like ran that city ragged. Qatar, Dubai, and and Abu Dhabi. I could have done an extra couple of days in Abu Dhabi. I was only there for, I think, two full days before I came back to Ghana. And I thought about staying longer, but I was like, I have to get back. I have to pack. But the Middle East, at least Qatar and the UAE, owe me nothing. I had an absolutely amazing time. There's so much that I saw, and then there's so much more that's like yet to be seen. And after a while, like I was trying to hit up like so many different things, and I was like, you know what? I know I'll be back. So I don't need to do every single thing. That's kind of how I think about Ghana too. Like is is there's so many things that I wish I'd done. Like I didn't make it to Kumasi. Other people may feel the way, but I kind of feel like it's the heart of the country. I really wanted to see the Ashanti culture and I didn't get a chance to do that. There's a long list. I started making one on the plane on the way back. I couldn't go to sleep. The seats were so uncomfortable. Oh my God, that's my bad for not upgrading. I tried, it wasn't available. But I made this list of all the things that I want to do when I come back to Ghana. One of them, just very simple, and I might do this tomorrow. I want to have coffee on my balcony. 
when I found this place, I was really excited because I was like, oh, it has a little balcony. It's kind of like my place in LA and it's got little chairs. And I just want to sit outside in the mornings and enjoy the morning air, literally watch the sun come up and, and sip my coffee on the balcony. Like it was a thing that I planned to do. And like in five months, I never did it. So maybe I'll get it done tomorrow. If not Thursday, my last night here, I'll be up at the crack of dawn to watch the sunrise. Yeah, little things. I'm really going to miss this place. <sighs> Enough about Ghana. Because I'll be on here crying in two seconds. We have good black news. And so I followed Coleman Domingo, who was an excellent follow. In addition to his acting stuff and his life stuff, he's also an, what's the official title? Officiant? He marries people. That's what I'm trying to say. But he posts like the weddings that he does. Like he did Niecy Nash and Jessica's wedding. But he also did, like within the last couple of days or so, he did Anika Noni Rose. And let me look up this guy's name because I'm sure he's a very lovely man. As soon as I saw the picture, I had a visceral reaction. He's a really good actor. Jason Durden. You may not know his government name, but you know who he is. He was basically skanks on Greenleaf. The evil pastor, him. But he and Anika Noni Rose, apparently they've been dating for a while because they just got whole married. I'm looking at a picture of her in a beautiful wedding gown and then him in this like beautiful pink suit. They look lovely and gorgeous. I'm very happy for them. I had no idea they were dating whatsoever. I would do some mess like this, like debut somebody at the wedding. Not even like, oh, I'm engaged. Nope. You, you get debuted at the wedding. That's it. Didn't, that, didn't Issa Rae do that? We saw the new husband at the wedding and we ain't seen him since. There was an article, did she do like the cover of Elle, the cover of, I can't remember what magazine it was. There was a cover that mentioned him right before she got married. And then like the, the wedding happened and we got pictures of him then. And we ain't seen that man since. God bless him. God bless him. I hope she ain't got him like locked in the basement somewhere. I hope he's all right. I'm joking. I'm joking. Anika Noni Rose and her husband are real, real, real cute. He better do right by her. I love me some Anika Noni Rose. I mean, it started when she was a Disney princess, but she has a range that's unbelievable. Like the same woman that played a Disney princess played a stone cold killer on power and was convincing as fuck. And I was like, really? You're like the Disney princess and like straight up fucking crazy. Range. Everyone doesn't have it. But a congratulations to Anika Noni Rose and her new husband, Jason Durden. Oh, I guess we just go ahead and talk about Lori and Damson. I mean, it's not anything necessarily new, but I said last episode, until I see him on, on Lori's page and people were like, he made it to stories. I was like, uh-uh, I want to see him on the main page. It's not real to list the main page. Lo and behold, lo and behold, she took a couple days to post pictures from her birthday dinner. But when she did, and she looked lovely, there was an outfit change. She's, she's just a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. But she was all booed up with Damson, had her, her arms thrown all around his neck. They cheesing up in the photos together. I was like, smile bigger. Smile bigger, Franklin, smile bigger. They look happy as fuck. Folks are really up in arms about this. How's she going to date him? He's an actor. She's a pass around. They're passing her around Hollywood. And I was like, eh. I don't see it as a pass around. Like, it's, it's, that's putting her in a very passive role as if she's not an active participant on who she chooses to date it's not like the men just snatch her up and be like woman here you're with me now like she she does get some say and determination in that I don't know what people want she's a 26 year old woman who went through a breakup six months ago was the expectation that she never date again 
And people were like, oh, well, she's putting her business out in the streets. She's not the one who posted her and dancing. Like there were rumors about it, but she didn't post anything. He posted, I don't know, she won an award or was it when she got the Essence cover or she did an interview or something. Damson posted it and it sort of added fuel to the fire that something was going on with them because he really never posts anyone. He's the And for her birthday, he posted a picture of them all booed up. Lori, Lori didn't post it. He posted it. And then I think he posted a picture of her on set at Snowfall. He posted that shit. He's the one that told everybody they were together. Not Lori. After it was like a big story, then Lori was like, oh, here are pictures from my birthday dinner. But she's not the one putting it out there. Also, she's kind of a big deal right now. So people are tracking what she does. I don't know how she dates. Literally just goes out and about, like not even like call the paparazzi on herself. But like the story about her and Damson from a few months ago was they went to dinner somewhere and someone saw them and was like, oh, I just saw Lori Harvey and Damson Idris at dinner. And that's how the whole thing got started. It wasn't because she was posting pictures of it. I don't know what people want the woman to do. Like y'all don't want her to date. Y'all don't want her to date people outside the house. Y'all want her to Netflix and chill. So nobody sees who she's dating. Y'all want her to date broke men? People nobody knows? Why would she do that? The woman has access to the cream of the dating crop. I don't understand why y'all expect her not to take advantage of it. You wouldn't? Stop it. Stop it. I liked her and Michael B. Jordan together. You know I did. You know I did. Because I used to talk about them all the time. I thought they were the cutest and the sweetest. Things didn't work out. It's been six months. People are like, oh my God, she's moving on so soon. You want the woman to mourn forever? It's been six months. The same people who will talk about women not being married at a certain age are the same people that will talk about women moving on from breakups quickly. You want her to be married by a certain age, but you don't want her to date. You want her to take these long periods of mourning in between dating people, in between relationships for why? I mean, it's one thing if you need to reset yourself and pull yourself together because you're an emotional wreck, like by all means. But if you good, go back out to the streets. See what else is out there. Lori went out. She found Damson Idris. Man ain't claimed nobody the whole time he's been in Hollywood. We on, what, season six of Snowfall? I've been to events where he's been with a date. I saw him walking around with a woman at an event last March. Real cute girl. Tall. Clearly there was something because he brought her to an event. He really could have just rolled up solo or with his publicist and been fine. He brought the young lady out. Like, I mean, there might have been something to something, but he don't really post people on his Instagram. He don't really post on Instagram like that in general. I still ain't convinced that this isn't well-timed publicity. I'm not saying they, they also don't have something going on, but it's, it's noticeable to me that literally, like, he announces he's dating Lori Harvey 24 hours later. Let's give it 48. But like literally 48 hours later, they released the trailer for the final season of Snowfall. You got the whole internet, not just black internet, because white people are invested in this too. You got the whole internet talking about you and who you're dating. And then right after that, you, you drop the trailer to the final season of your show. Sir, if you want ratings, just say that. We were all going to tune in anyway. You want to make sure we're aware that the new season is coming. That's fine. I'm invested. I've been invested for five seasons. I ain't going to leave you now. Franklin, crazy as shit. I can't wait till it comes out. I'm calling in all the favors over to FX. Like, hey, this is Demetrius. So I'll be in town when it comes out. But I was like, I need at least the first three, four episodes. 
Thanks in advance, FX. I appreciate you very much. I love you. Other good black news. I have the MLK statue on here. I don't know if that's good black news. We'll talk about that in a second. Leslie Jones is headed to The Daily Show. It's just a week-long gig. She is not the, the replacement for Trevor Noah. She's going to hang out for a week and, and see how it goes. Now, I'll be honest, I did not have her on my bingo card as someone to replace Trevor, but I'm not mad at it. They haven't decided on a final host yet. There's been other people. Chelsea Handler, John Leguizamo, Sarah Silverman. I'm reading this on PBS.org, of all things. The AP interviewed Leslie Jones. They asked what viewers can expect. And she said her trademark, some blunt and edgy humor. She says, quote, I'm not Jon Stewart. I'm not Trevor Noah. I'm Leslie Jones. So I'll be bringing that vulnerable honesty. She's going to be the stand-in host on Tuesday. That's tonight, Wednesday, and Thursday. Oh, okay. Wanda Sykes is also coming down the pipeline, as is D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley? Look, D.L. Hughley gets on my damn nerves. He really, really does. That said, he actually might be good for The Daily Show. He's not Trevor. He's not Jon Stewart. But he is D.L. Hughley. He actually might work. I could see Leslie Jones before I could see Wanda Sykes. And I'm just saying that based on Leslie Jones and her Olympic commentary. I could see it. D.L. Hughley, he gets on my nerves. But the man does have cultural commentary. I don't always agree, but he, he makes a strong opinion and people sit around and argue about it. He'll go viral for sure. It'd be good for ratings, I think. Hmm. So I'm scrolling down in this article. AP asked her if she'd be interested in inheriting the host chair on a permanent basis. They described Jones as non-committal. She said, quote, I don't really want to answer that. Hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Other good black news this week, the Critics' Choice Awards. I obviously did not get a chance to watch them. I think I was traveling back when they came on. But plenty of my faves did win. Some folks that didn't win at the Golden Globes, Niecy Nash, Cheryl Lee Ralph, that means you, they did win at the Critics' Choice Awards. 
Angela Bassett, who won at the Golden Globes, won again at the Critics' Choice Awards. Quinta didn't win, but Abbott Elementary got two awards. And my fave, my longtime fave, Giancarlo Esposito. He's one of them people like, you know, when Michael Ely appears on the screen, he about to ruin some black woman's life. Giancarlo Esposito serves the same purpose, but in a business sense. Whenever you see him show up, you know whatever the organization is doing, he about to ruin that shit. He about to come in and interfere with whatever operations are going on and twist it so he works in his favor. He does it all the time. But I have loved him since he was Julian Big Brother Almighty in school days. I love that dude. I'm glad to see him getting awards. Because for a long time, people always used to talk about he was underrated. Which, nobody wants to hear that shit when you're out here doing your thing. Like, people be like, oh, you're underrated. People mean it as a compliment, but it really doesn't come across as one. What I'm trying to say is good for him. I'm glad he won. Let's get into some of these wins. I'm scrolling through these pictures. I'm reading this on EW.com. They have the pictures of the winner. It's three black people. Nisi, Giancarlo, and Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph. All looking amazing. Cheryl Lee Ralph in this gold. Honey. Honey. She looks amazing. Nisi in this ivory, too. She's just a well-shaped woman. I don't know if she bought it or she built it. I don't know what it is. She looks amazing is what I'm trying to say. I was on her Instagram page earlier. Jessica was looking amazing too. I don't mean no disrespect. I'm just pointing out that Jessica looked nice. I don't want no, I don't want no trouble, Nisi. I don't want no trouble. She don't play about Jess. She don't play about Jess. They, they just, they some happy people. I like, I like seeing them. They just, they look happy. They look like they're enjoying life. Nisi said to go for her mirror. She said, I want to make love all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into some of these wins angela bassett best supporting actress for wakanda forever when i was reading this article earlier they, they made a note to say that the golden globes are voted on by the hollywood foreign press and the critics choice awards are literally from like the critics choice is like the critics choice association so they're not the same group obviously but they were pointing out that there's often overlap between the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice, and sometimes with the Oscars. Unfortunately, winning the Critics' Choice or the Golden Globes is not a reliable predictor for who will win an Oscar. I only point this out because Angela Bassett has now won a Golden Globe and then a Critics' Choice Award. And then I'm like, does this mean there's a possibility she could win an Oscar? Is that a possibility? Is she nominated for an Oscar? Let's see. No, I don't think they've announced. As of today, the Oscar nominations are not out. But I do expect that Angela Bassett would be nominated. I mean, if she's racking up a Critics' Choice Award and a Golden Globe, it would be kind of weird if the Oscars just totally snubbed her, you know? Who else do we have on this list? And by who else, I mean, you know, black folks. Nothing against anybody else. I'm just, you know, rooting for everybody black. That's all. Oh, best costume design. And all the things that I've seen discussed about the, the, the Critics' Choice Awards in the last couple of days. Nobody mentioned the Ruth Carter. She got best costume design for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Obviously, I love Black Panther like a billion other people. I love the look of it. But I, I loved, loved the costuming for Black Panther too, especially the funeral scene, like all those beautiful black people in that white. We do good in white. And then Lupita showed up. I don't remember the name of the, the group, the tribe that her costume was. 
inspired by. There's a guy in D.C., he's a rapper, but he's also a photographer, and he did this, he went to visit a village and he took photos and he had a display in D.C., Tabby Boney, and I cannot remember the name of the group of people he visited or where they were, but when I saw Lupita on screen, I was like, oh, that's where it's from. Like, I was easily able to identify it. I just cannot remember the name right now. God, it's driving me nuts. Do we have any other black winners on here? I'm still scrolling through. Best drama series winner was Better Call Saul. That's Giancarlo Esposito's show. Best actor in a drama series went to one of the actors from Better Call Saul. He beat out Sterling K. Brown. But you know how I feel about Randall on This Is Us. I still can't believe they took that show from us. They took the show from us. Also, Best Actress in a Drama Series, Mandy Moore was nominated, which she deserved that. She absolutely deserved that. However, the win went to Zendaya. I didn't realize Zendaya was just going by one name. I know everyone just always refers to her as Zendaya, but I always thought it was Zendaya something. But Zendaya only has one name on this list. She was the winner. She won for Best Actress for her role in Euphoria. We talked about Giancarlo Esposito, Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. I guess if he's a supporting actor, he's not, you know, it's not his show. As far as I'm concerned, it's his show. He's the star. I said what I said. And then best comedy series, Abbott Elementary. They've been racking it up. You know, I've still not watched a single episode. I'm so proud of the whole cast. Like, I root for everybody black. I just have never watched the episode. I saw it's on Hulu, I guess the first two seasons. And I was like, can I download that to watch on the plane home? It's 11 hours. And then Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who, again, looked fucking amazing in that gold. I don't know if she got a new team or... And I don't mean that as in, like, she looked bad before and then all of a sudden she looks good. Like, no, she's always looked good. But she's gone from, like, good in an 8.5 to, like, good at a 12. Like, she looks amazing. Same thing for Quinta. She looked like the checks done hit. She looks like the checks hit. I'm not mad at her. She did exactly what she's supposed to do when you get good money. Sis glowed up. I'm not mad at her. Her last couple looks at award shows, she's looked amazing. Good for you, sis. Clear. Good for you, sis. We could see the checks are clearing. She looked like money. Good for her. I'm so happy for her. I really am. I think that's everybody. I'm scrolling through just in case. Oh, damn it. I'm glad I kept scrolling. Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television. Nisi Nash Betts for Dahmer. Still haven't watched it. I'm going to watch it in daylight. I don't know when that's going to happen. But she won. I wanted her to win a Golden Globe as well. I'll take the Critics' Choice Award. I'm glad to see her getting her just due. She has been in this industry forever and a day. Like, I remember Nisi Nash, which I'm sure everyone does. When she used to wear the little rose behind her ear. Every time you see her in public, like that was her thing. She always had a rose. But she's gone from, you know, comedic fodder to, you know, these serious dramas. I didn't know she had it in her. But evidently, evidently, she does. Okay, I'm down at the end of the list. That's all the winners. Good for all the winners. Everyone of all colors. But especially the blacks. We don't always get celebrated. So when we do, we have to make it extra special and call it out. I don't want people to think I'm being racist. It's just, you know, it can be hard to get a win sometimes. We don't have a lot of stuff on this list today. Oh, Andre Leon Talley. I don't know if this counts as good news. I was actually a little disturbed when I saw it, to be quite honest with you. I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw, 
I friend had posted it. It was an advertisement for Christie's. They are putting up Andre Leon Talley's estate for auction. And it's going to be auctioned in three different cities. One of them being Paris. There was a really great article about it on town and country. That's what I'm trying to pull up right now. Andre, is it Leon or Leon? <laughs> you know, black people be getting fancy sometimes. Okay, I just found it. Tally's belongings will head to auction at Christie's in a series of live and online auctions. So if, so if you're interested and you have ends and dividends, the auction begins on January 27th. The estate sale is estimated to achieve $725,000 and will benefit causes ALT supported throughout his life, including the Abyssinian Baptist Church in New York and the Mount Sinai Baptist Church in North Carolina. Town and Country notes a few standout pieces of the sale. It includes three pieces by Andy Warhol. There's also a navy Chanel cape made out of silk. There's a pair of Chanel glass and gilt metal cuff bracelets. And then also, and they make this whole issue of this, Andre's collection of Louis Vuitton trunks. They interviewed the international head of handbags. I didn't know that was a job. The international head of handbags at Christie's. She says Andre Leon Talley was a fervent student of fashion, luxury, and French culture. She says not only do these trunks exemplify this, but they were also constant fixtures throughout his life. His collection developed as he developed within the fashion industry. These trunks are actually quite beautiful. They've got pictures. There's a set of three personalized brown monogram trunks with Tally's initials. Apparently, Mark Jacobs, when he was over at Louis Vuitton, he gifted a set of trunks. He gifted a set of trunks to Tally. They're black and free of monograms. And Tally treasured them so much that he never even used them to travel. The article includes a story from 2013. They say Tally was in a car crash during Couture Week. According to the autobiography, his first worry was whether or not his Louis Vuitton luggage was okay. Oh, sir. The head of handbag says again, quote, You can see how these trunks and Louis Vuitton in general were constant companions throughout his decades of contributing and changing the fashion industry. Alongside the Vuitton trunks, there is a set of Prada luggage gifted by the creative director of Prada, who was also a longtime friend of Tally. So they're, they're going to do the sale in three different cities. Remember I was saying one of them was Paris. It's also going to be Palm Beach and then Paris and then New York. Christie's deputy chairwoman. Christie's deputy chairwoman, she says of Tally that he was a creative genius, a force for change, and an individual who savored beauty and luxury in all forms. This just reads to me like he didn't have a will, which, you know, and not that I know Andre Leon Talley. I watched the man's documentary and think I know his life. I don't know. I just kind of think he might not have wanted his things to be left up to auction. I do think he would want to take care of his churches, but I don't know. Ain't nothing to be done about it now. I mean, he, he's gone on to see the king and the auction is happening. This luggage is quite beautiful. I'm not like the biggest luggage person. I just need it to be durable. I don't really care what the name brand is. Um, but it, this is some beautiful luggage. 
But this is some beautiful luggage. Like this Prada luggage is gorgeous. It's worth going on the town and country site just to see this luggage. I'm just saying. <sighs> Last but not least, we need to talk about this Martin Luther King statue that they just put up in Boston. They announced it yesterday to honor Martin Luther King's birthday. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? It's supposed to be, there's a very famous photo of MLK hugging Coretta right after he receives the Nobel Peace Prize. They're just like in a very warm embrace. He's got a big smile on his face. She's clearly very happy for him. It's a nice, it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment for the couple. So a conceptual artist, his name is Hank Willis Thomas. He's based in Brooklyn. He created a statue of this moment of their embrace. He took out the head. He took out the torso. And it's just their arms. The statue is just their arms wrapped around each other. If you look at it from the right, quote unquote, right, correct angle, it kind of makes sense. If you can see that it's an embrace. And that's what I think the statue, and that's what the statue is called. It's called the embrace. It's 20 feet tall, 40 feet wide. I'm reading this on CNN. So when you look at the picture of MLK and Mrs. King, it's side by side with the statue. It doesn't look crazy. But once you remove the context, when you're not just looking at the picture and you're just looking at the statue, it looks like various, not pornographic, sexual. It looks like various sexual things. And I've seen people say it looks like a penis. I don't really see the penis in it. If you have not seen this statue, it looks to me like a head buried between somebody's legs. The assumption being that a sexual act is being performed. I'm sure that was not the intent, but it's what it looks like. And I'm not the only person that thinks it. Like there's tons of articles, just when I was pulling this up, there's tons of articles that reference, like even CNN I'm reading, some people described it as hideous or disrespectful. This is a quote. While others posted memes and said it resembled a sex act. Seneca Scott, who's a cousin of Coretta Scott King, told CNN the statue was insulting to his family. He previously described it, I think this was in an interview he did with the New York Post, as, quote, a masturbatory metal homage. I'm sorry, he said this in Compact Magazine. He described the statue as, quote, a masturbatory mental homage. He continued, he said, quote, if you look at it from all angles, and it's probably two people hugging each other, it's four hands. It's not the missing heads that's the atrocity that other people clamp onto that. It's a stump that looks like a penis. That's a joke. Martin Luther King III, I think I read some, I think I read that he signed off on the statue. It was, the statue was done with the, with the King family's blessing. He said on Monday, he said he was grateful to be able to see a statue representing his parents' love story and their partnership. I believe they met in Boston, hence the statue being in Boston. 
He noted that while some people have negative opinions about the monument, he told CNN's Don Lemon that he liked it. He said, quote, I think that's a huge representation of bringing people together. I think the artist did a great job. I'm satisfied. Yeah, it didn't have my mom and dad's images, but it represents something that brings people together. And in this time, day and age, when there's so much division, we need symbols that talk about bringing us together. Oral sex is one way to bring people together. I mean, it's very intimate togetherness. Um, I don't like to think of the kings as such. You know, they were married forever. They had a bunch of kids, at least four. I, I just, I don't like that talk. I don't, I just, I don't, I don't like that image. That's not what I want to think of when I think of, of, that's not what I think of. That's not what I want to think of when I think of, of Martin Luther King and, 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 and Mrs. King. That's, that's not the, the, the image and the visuals I would like to have in my head. I don't understand why they couldn't just do like the whole upper body. Like just the embrace, like I get it. Like the arms are showing an embrace. Like there had to be another way to do this because it just, it doesn't, it's not nice. It's just not nice. And one of my favorite artists, and I've seen so many artists speak up and stand. I've seen so many artists, black artists especially, stand up for the artists who created, for the artists who created the piece. Like, you know, they're like, it's, it's, it's art, it's, it's interpretation and, you know, people just don't get it and. You know, basically people are dumb if they don't understand what's happening. Like, I feel you. I feel you. Like, as, a, as an artist, different medium, as an artist, I'm sensitive about my shit. I would really love to be contrary right now and get real, like, uppity and shit and be like, people just don't get it. They don't have an understanding of fine arts and sculpture and, you know, talk about layers and meanings and perspectives and all that shit. It's just, it's not, it's not a strong statue. I, I'm trying to be nicer in 2023. It, this ain't it. But I'm trying to be nice about it because I remember in my early years as an editor, you know, people submit their, their, some people submit their proposals. They're sometimes full manuscripts and we would have to read them and, you know, accept, reject, accept, reject and explain, you know, our reasoning, especially when you reject it. I, I remember I wrote a rejection letter and the author was really upset and reported it to my boss. And in retrospect, I was probably, I was honest but I was probably a little more blunt than I should have been. And my boss said to me at the time, and she was like, you know, just understand. She was like, nobody spends hours, days, weeks, months, years writing a bad manuscript. Like everybody is doing their best. It might not be up to standard. It might not be publishable. It might not be good. But everyone who's, you know, put their heart into something, that spent time on something, did the best that they could under whatever circumstances that they had. Try sometimes to keep that in mind that this gentleman, Hank, he made the statue and, and he thought he was doing something like really great and positive and strong. And surely he thought it would be mostly well-received. There are some people that do things just strictly for controversy. I don't think as a black person, you create something about Martin Luther King of all people in America, no less, to disparage him or cause mockery of him or something like that. I don't think he intended to like, you know, Screw this up as bad as he did. So it's just not good. It's just, it's not. Mm -mm. All right. That's the episode for this week. I'm sure there's more, but honest to God, I've been packing up this house. I haven't been in my phone like I usually am. I'll be back on it next week. I just got to get back to America and like with all of my shit. I don't know what possessed me to try to throw a dinner party for 10 people the day before I left the country, knowing that I wasn't packed. 
this will not be going down in my list of brightest ideas. An idea, yes. The brightest? I think not. Alright. I'll be back. Likely Thursday? I'm not promising you that, but I'll be back. Definitely Tuesday. Alright. Bye.